old habits, new habits here in the uh, in the new year. Yeah, it is the the new year, even though we're into uh, uh, day ten. Uh, it is uh, passing by all too quickly. And there's that Bill Murray again doing his uh, groundhog thing. You know, he's just in that perpetual uh, groundhog's day. And I've got a question for you as you uh, consider Bill Murray and what he went through in just one day after another. Uh, how are you doing uh, in your Groundhog's Day? Uh, not uh, February 2nd yet by any stretch, but, uh, you know, we are experiencing it's just kind of the way life is now, kind of the way life can certainly be, kind of the same old, same old, just gets old, as we've uh, said. How are you and breaking out of that and developing new habits that will make for a brand new you. Our faith, if anything, is a faith of uh, new life, of brand new things taking place always. You know, our, our, sign, our sign, rather, this week, uh, I think said it best, we, we borrowed, at least to some degree, from uh, the Apostle Paul when he writes, in Second uh, Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, the old is gone, the new has come. And indeed, we, uh, we hold to that as Christians. We know that God, through Christ, is always uh, forming and fashioning and making things new, helping us to break out of the same old, same old that gets old into brand new habits that then... Uh, make for a brand new you. Regarding our scripture for today, and we'll be reading in just a moment from Psalm 119. It's the longest psalm of all the psalms. We, we could have read 176 verses, but alas, we resist. But that's not to say that you can't or that you shouldn't go ahead and read through the entirety of Psalm 119 later on today. Psalm 119 is a devotion to the Word of God. Hear that. A devotion to the Word of God. Psalm 119 shares the writer's passion for God's Word, a passion that you and I ought to share. Psalm 119 is an alphabetic acrostic. Now, what that means is that it uses uh, the letters of the, of the Hebrew alphabet, in this case, uh, to introduce each of the sections of this great psalm. Unlike all the other psalms, which were intended to be sung, Psalm 119 was meant to be read. So today, instead of 176 verses, we read only four of those verses from, uh, from Psalm 119. But these are verses that offer at least a, a gist of the high regard and the passion the psalmist has for God's Word. So let's read then Psalm 119, uh, 14 through 16, and then skipping to verse 105. Let's hear this from God's Word. I rejoice in following your statutes, as one rejoices in, in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees I will not neglect your word. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. So this is God's word. 
May it be a deep and abiding blessing to each of us, not only as we hear this word read, but as we make effort to take our lives and apply them to this word. May God bless us in this. Well, this is the, uh, the Bible that I, uh, I study from regularly. I've had this Bible for years. It has uh, uh, been with me uh, through thick and thin, if you will. I, I got it when I was here at St. John uh, years ago, uh, some 25 plus years ago, and it has been a constant companion ever since. Bob and Robbie Bateau, many of you know Bob and Robbie, they have uh, since moved to Texas, and I understand they're going to be moving to Washington. Well, at the time, they had a, a, a restoration business. They claimed this Bible from a house that had either been burned or flooded, and they, they gave it to me. It was in perfect shape the, the day that they uh, gave it to me. As you can tell, it's in not great shape uh, right now. I've taped this thing together uh, so many times, I'm, I'm surprised that it is uh, still holding together. I even tried a new Bible a few years back, but I had so many notes, uh, so many uh, highlights, so many underlines in this Bible, I just couldn't get away from it. You know, the interesting thing about this Bible, I'm, I'm looking for a verse, and I kind of know where it is, and it's, it's almost as if... Uh, this Bible just sort of falls to the very thing that I'm looking for. I've had a hard time uh, moving away from this Bible that has been a constant uh, companion for so many years. God has spoken to me so many times and in so many ways through this book. And I've got to tell you, I am uh, thankful. Thankful uh, presently. I am thankful eternally for the ways that God has spoken through his word. Just recently, we spent uh, quite a bit of time uh, during our confirmation class talking about the Bible and how important it is to, to read and to study the Bible. We even went through with the, with the young people who were a part of confirmation where things are in the Bible. We had the, the kids mark the division between uh, Old and, and New Testament. And we let them actually feel just how much is, uh, is, a, is a head, all of that that is in the Old Testament, and then all that follows in the, in the New Testament. And I opened it up, and man, I didn't miss it by just a, a, couple, of, a couple of chapters here in this, this old standby for me. All that being said, we, we talked about uh, the division between Old and New Testament. And then we... Uh, and then we closed our Bibles. And then we, uh, we had the, the kids to open them right to the center. And there in the center, we said, well, you can find the Psalms. That's a good way to just offer uh, praise to God and to hear from God and, and in, in all sorts of varied circumstances in life. And then we, we closed the Bible again, and then we had the kids to, to go to the very uh, first of the Bible. We, we talked about the, the, the book of the law, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and we let the kids sort of feel that uh, book of the law or the, or the Torah, and we talked about how important the Torah has been for the children of Israel, and then we shut the Bibles again, and then we, uh, we went uh, from the book of the law, then we went to the New Testament, and we, uh, 
we segregated the, uh, the, the pages of the, of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then we, we, we closed our Bibles, and then we opened up to, to many of the letters and writings of Paul, and then we went to Revelation. Well, you get the idea. Our interest was to, uh, to help the, the, the students who are a part of the, the confirmation class to become familiar with where things are in the Bible. And all along, we, we talked about the things that were contained there. We also talked about the importance of literally opening the Bible and beginning to read. And not just read, but study to make God's Word a part of life. We wanted the kids to become familiar with where things are, but more importantly, to, uh, to know and begin to understand the great treasure trove of God's word for their lives. All of us would do well to do the same, to know where things are, sure, but to, to, to open the scripture and to, to read and to study and to begin to let God speak into our lives. All of us would do well to, to study from God's word if our Bibles remain closed, we will be more threatened by them than we will sustain. A familiarity with the richness and diversity of Scripture, and there is a richness and diversity of Scripture that uh, is just beyond compare. A familiarity with the richness and diversity of Scripture, not to mention where things are found will go a long, long way toward the Bible being our constant companion and guide for life. The call today is to, to get back to the Word, to, uh, to hold fast to, to God's Scripture for our lives. And so as we find ourselves here in this uh, new year considering those habits that need to be developed, as we enter the, the new year, we're, we're talking about those things that if regularly practiced will help us face whatever comes our way here in the new year as we uh, move into these important days that sort of set the stage for what is to come. We've talked about holy habits, holy habits that allow God to claim more and more of our interior lives to the end that we become holy and completely His. And of those holy habits, we've already talked about prayer. And it isn't good, wasn't it good to talk about prayer and then to exercise pray, praying in our lives these, these past few days to really dig in? I, I, I sure appreciated that. I, I needed that encouragement uh, to, to pray regularly, to begin to, to really hone that holy habit in my life. Bible study is one of those holy habits as well. We talk about that today and hopefully find ourselves inspired as well as challenged to turn to the Word of God on a regular basis, to make it not just a habit, but a way of life. We, we read it just a few moments ago. Your Word is a, a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. It comes from Psalm 119, verse 105. Nothing offers guidance and direction like Scripture. The Holy Spirit has a way of, 
of speaking through Scripture to the place where it lights our way and provides guidance for our every step. Hence the image of your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. My wife Cheryl takes out every morning and uh, in runs before she heads off to work. And on these uh, winter days where the, days, uh, the daylight is shorter, it's, uh, it's as dark as pitch when she heads out. She carries with her a, a flashlight. In fact, she really takes a couple of those flashlights uh, with her, as well as the dog. I haven't asked her how she manages the dog and two flashlights, but she's got them going all over the place. The light from those flashlights helps to guide her steps. The image of that Psalm 119, 105 is that, a, is that of a light that is affixed to, to one's, uh, one's lower leg uh, to, uh, to help expose the path that is before in the, in the night. It's sort of a, an Old Testament flashlight, a light that, that guides the way. God, through his word, provides that sort of guidance, particularly in a darkened world. And we can all admit that we, uh, we find ourselves these days in a darkened world. And I'm not just talking about the, the shorter days of, of, of daylight. Man, this has been a, a chaotic week. In fact, you can say that it has been a, a chaotic uh, past nine months. The image of protesters storming our nation's Capitol building and making their way in, into the halls of, uh, of Congress is the, is the epitome of chaos. It seemed like people were just bouncing off the walls, moving here and there, and just, just having their, their way. In so many ways, it seems that we have lost our direction, that chaos is, is much more the norm than it is the unusual occurrence. It seems that... Uh, We've lost our sense of direction. If not direction, then a sense of mooring. If anything, the Bible offers that direction and provides a sense of mooring in a chaotic world, a world that so often seems to have lost its way. It, is, it has a way of providing an anchor when we find ourselves adrift, whether that be individually or whether that... Uh, uh, relates to the whole of society. If you dig deeply in the, in the book of uh, 2 Kings, uh, 22nd chapter, you, you'll find that there was a time for the nation of Judah when things were adrift as well, where the nation had, uh, had lost its mooring. The nation, quite honestly, had gotten away from Scripture during a renovation of the temple in Jerusalem. A copy of the law was found. You know, it'd be like us uh, saying, well, we're going to renovate the sanctuary, and, and we, uh, we're renovating the sanctuary, and, and we, we find, hey, what, what is this? And we, and we find a, a copy of the Scripture. Nowhere else is the Scripture to be found, but we found it in this renovation. And we say, what is this? And we began to dig in, and that's exactly what took place. The, uh, the scripture, the book of the law, was, uh, was read in King Josiah's presence. And was so distraught over the, the, the waywardness of his nation and how far afield they had become, 
he, uh, he, he even rent his clothes in dismay. Josiah not only heard the law that day, but he began a process of implementing it. Great reforms took, took place because the people, once again, acquainted themselves with Scripture. And those Josiatic reforms, as they're, they're called, really are, are seen as a, as a high point for the nation of Judah. We'll have to admit that the Bible these days doesn't seem to inform the general flow of culture. And that's regrettable. And we all live in the backwash of that. That's all the more reason to return to Scripture. The Bible has a way of uh, bringing a sense of order to things. The Bible reminds us that at creation, God created order out of chaos. And he called it good. And just as at creation, God takes chaos, orders it, calls it good, God is fast at work in the whole of life to bring order to chaos. And one of the ways that he does that is through the mooring of Scripture. The Bible has a way of lending strength, regardless of how chaotic things might be, whether that be personally or as it relates to the whole of society. Throughout Scripture, we are reminded that God has got this. And if you read from cover to cover, you see that God has always intervened God has always seen fit to bring about his good purposes. And he ultimately does that in Jesus Christ. The Bible has a way of offering perspective. In reading the Bible, we get a sense of God's perspective on things. And we do that very clearly, very concisely. God's perspective on things as, they, as, as that perspective bubbles forward through his word. We see things as God sees them, which is always the very place we need to be. And as we see things as God sees them, we begin to, to, to find ourselves drawn toward them. And we, uh, we find ourselves uh, fashioned as uh, God would have us to be fashioned. The Bible has a way of clarifying who we are. We are frail, and fallible. We mess things up all the time. It's just who we are. We are human, after all. And the Bible exposes that, clarifies who we are. But it is Scripture, the story of, that, that, that moved through the, 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 the good book, if you will. The Bible is clear, though, about the provision that God makes possible to take care of, of our failings and our, our fallibility. And that provision, that remedy is his son, Jesus Christ. And we hear of Christ through Scripture. And we find ourselves enthused and inspired, challenged in, in every way, and hopefully brought to the place where we are ready to give our lives to him. And then, of course, uh, Scripture is very clear about the high calling of, uh, of being there uh, for the least and the last and the lost of this world to stand as, as those who are righteous, those who work for, for justice, for, for all people. 
All of this grounded in love. And the Bible's clear about all those things, about the ways we are to go and live. So God still wants to speak with us. And Scripture provides a way for him to do that. It's not the only way that God speaks to us, but it is a very clear and concise way God speaks to us through Scripture. He wants to speak with us. So it comes to you and me that we would uh, not let a day pass where we're not opening Scripture and allowing God to speak. Just as we, uh, just as we sang a few minutes ago, you know, it has been documented for, for years, for, for decades, really, that the Bible has been published more than any other book. And yet, the vast majority of those Bibles sit on our bookshelves, on our coffee tables, and on our nightstands without ever being opened. The call for today is to take those Bibles and, and read them, to, to literally grab them and to open them and to begin to read and not just read but to, to study to, to read them like we, we read nothing else as if we are on a deep and abiding search for God and you know what scripture says seek and you shall find we need to approach scripture with a reverence which means uh, we approach scripture with an ear to hear what God has to say. And as we read, we need to be prepared for the fact that, that some of the things that we read and some of the things that God says, we really may not want to hear. Scripture can be challenging that way. Don't be surprised. Now, there's a lot in here that will be, be quite inspiring and that will, will help you along in life, but, but, but some of the things uh, will challenge and will convict and will uh, will work to where life is changed and made different. The thing about the Bible is that you can read a passage one day, and certain words or, or phrases will just come leaping off the page. And then later on, maybe some days or maybe some weeks, maybe even some years, you can come to that very same passage and another word or another phrase will begin to leap off the page. I've always considered that as God speaking, making his way into a particular circumstance for a particular day. That's simply the way God works through his word. God speaks into our lives through scripture just to make it known to us that he is present and longs to inform us, lean into our lives, and help us to make it through. The Apostle Paul puts, puts it well in 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the person of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So when we pick up this word, we're seeking to be malleable, regardless of our circumstance, where we are in life, to let God do his thing in us and through us, 
so that we might be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The writer of Hebrews, Hebrews 4, 12, puts it this way. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. There is not a day then that should go by that we don't seek God through his word. And as we seek God through his word, we need to be asking two questions. What is God saying to me? And what am I going to do about it? What's God saying to me? What am I going to do about it? You know, James uh, says this in James 1.22, don't merely listen to the word, but do what it says. What's God saying to me? What am I going to do about it? I'm convinced that as you um, seek God through his word, that you will begin, with God's help, to develop a, a deep passion for that same word. Just like the psalmist, the psalmist of Psalm 119. Again, he was the one who wrote, I rejoice following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. There's a treasure trove of riches in the Bible. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. I'm convinced that as you, uh, as you pick up God's word, that you will begin to develop a passion for that word. I'm also convinced that as you seek God through his word, you will begin to grow spiritually. It's just what happens. You'll grow closer to God. You'll begin to know of God uh, more surely. You'll be a person after God's own heart because you're, you're digging into this treasure trove of, of wonders and, and beauties, these deep riches, as the psalmist would say. You'll, you'll find yourself growing spiritually. You'll not only confront the Word of God in all its delights and in all of its challenges, but more importantly, you will encounter the God of the Word. It's a different thing. You know, it's not just the Word of God, but it's encountering the God of the Word. And in that, you will find yourself transformed. You see, when it comes to Bible study, it's not just information that's important. What's really important is transformation. Transformation that comes from encountering the living Lord. And the living Lord speaks and speaks clearly through his word. So God wants to do good things in you through his word. So get to it. Make it a habit. More than a habit, make it a way of life. Get to it. Open the Bible and begin studying God's word. Not for information's sake, but for transformation's sake. Let God do his thing in you to the end that you are a different person because you have encountered him 
through his word. Let's pray together. Blessed God, we, uh, we thank you for the way that you uh, display yourself through your word. We pray that you would, uh, would work in us, uh, move in us to the place where we are drawn to your word and as we, uh, we find ourselves uh, reading and studying and hearing from you, may it be that we just can't, uh, can't put it down. So, Lord, we, uh, we claim that you would help us in the power of your Holy Spirit to develop the habit of regularly making Scripture a part of our lives. Lord, we thank you for the many ways that you approach us. We thank you for approaching us through your word. Great you are and greatly to be praised. Thank you for your deep and abiding love. Thank you for your every desire to bend our way and to touch us. Thank you for speaking into our lives through Scripture. This prayer we make in the name of Christ, trusting in the power of that name for today's world. Amen. So let's uh, take it off the coffee table, off the shelf in the living room, off the nightstand. Let's crack it open. Let's read. Let's study. Let's, you and me, encounter the living God. May God bless us.